In association with the Wayland Utani Bulletin and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. Independently targeting particle beam failings. Wah! Fry half a city with this puppy. We got tactical smart missiles, base plasma pulse rifles, RPGs. We got sonic electronic ball breakers. We got nukes. We got knives, sharp sticks. Knock it off, Hudson. All right, gear up. Was there an alien on board? Yes. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Am I interrupting? Thought you might be running low. Pour yourself a glass, pal. Thank you, but I'm afraid it would be wasted on me. You think we wasted our time coming here, don't you? Your question depends on me understanding. What do you hope to achieve by coming here? What we hope to achieve was to meet our makers, to get answers. Why they even made us in the first place. Why do you think your people made me? We made you because we could. Can you imagine how disappointing it would be for you to hear the same thing from your creator? (laughs) May I ask you something? Please do. How far would you go? to get what you came all this way for, your answers. What would you be willing to do? Anything and everything. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. Uh, This is episode 36. Uh, Today is a special episode for us. Um, I'm your host, Jamie, and this, uh, we have a guest host today, uh, Ryan Zeed, um, and we also, our other host, our regular host, is Peter. We're all here today to talk about Prometheus, thank you guys for all doing this. This is going to be exciting. We haven't had a Prometheus episode. We really haven't. We've discussed it. We've we've criticized it. We've bashed it. We've praised it. We've bashed it. We've praised it. We've bashed it. We've bashed it. (laughs) Uh, And really, this episode, we're going to talk about the movie from beginning to end, for the most part. This isn't going to be a bashing episode. There's a lot of wonderful things about the film. Um, It's also very... This movie is very polarizing it just is mm-hmm. um i like to kind of explore that we have the movie going on in the background we're gonna splice in some sounds of each of each uh scene that we discuss peter are you still there yes okay um hide to me demi whatever in the background <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so we're gonna discuss it uh scene by scene and Okay, Peter, you got that going. That's good. And yeah, and we'll just kind of take it from there. And then towards the end, we want to discuss uh, the the news that pretty big news in terms of the creature portion of Alien Covenant. And Ryan, I know you're trying to stay away from spoilers. I did read all of it. I'm trying to stay away from spoilers as well. When I read it, I felt like it wasn't really spoilers so much because I don't know much about the story or the characters. Um, but if you don't want to take part in all of it, we'd completely understand. No, um, I'm sorry. But- I- I got in touch with Ridley Scott. He told me the whole thing. So, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. well, you know what? Uh, since you have it playing in Skype, Peter, maybe I will just turn it off on my computer. 
Okay. Oh, we'll cool. just uh, we'll just play play by ear. Fantastic. I'm I'm That's not awesome. sure if you guys can it. hear it on your end. I don't know if I can turn. No, on. it's it's fine with the sound down. To be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Are you recording actually the movie as well? Uh, no, it's just the audio. Okay. Okay. So, uh, here we have the beginning. Um, and we're gonna fast forward to things. We're, we don't want this episode to be more than um, probably an hour twenty, hour and a half long. So, let's start. Uh, I did a lot of talking. What do you guys? What are your first impressions of the beginning? It was actually one of my favorite parts. I mean, I love. I actually um, love the little the music intro. Um, I love the visuals. Like right off the bat, it's like, oh man, it's going to be a beautiful movie. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, I really enjoyed it and. Um, you know, it kind of got me. It got me hooked in right off the bat. Like I'm wondering, oh, okay, so what's going on? It looks like we're we're going through Earth, um, and just uh, you know, kind of wondering what's coming up. Um, and then you get to the end here, and you see that large dark ship. It kind of looks like the one that's going to be in Arrival, that upcoming movie. Yes. Um, yes. And and uh, yeah, coming up right here, and, uh, and then you see the engineer coming out. I just yeah, for me, I was like, oh, this is really interesting so far. So that was my thoughts when I first saw it. I think what it's interesting think? to note that the uh, ship at the beginning does not look like the Juggernaut. Yes, mm -hmm. it looks like that an is... entirely different spacecraft. It's in a different spacecraft, almost like. Whatever that whatever that juggernaut was was technology that they uh, that they maybe stole or a sh you know maybe it wasn't theirs maybe there is a different space jockey you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah I thought it was uh, trying to link Independence Day with Prometheus <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, please no just kidding. Um, just kidding uh, I love the opening I you know I'm a little bit uh, I. I love the design of the um, the engineer. I really do. I think it's iconic. It's frightening. It's stoic. It's amazing. I don't know if I really needed to see him drinking this and all this stuff. But regardless, it's a great scene. Um, it is. I, I think I, it kind of showcases that the engineers are supposed to be uh, maybe what the ideal human could be in, the, in their minds. Yeah, I need to get in touch with his personal trainer, man. Because Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Ian White under all that makeup. That's right. Um, yeah, who's John? Who's been the predator? I believe. Uh, um, and I don't think it's working on the latest uh, Alien film, Covenant. Um, but yeah, I mean the makeup, the design, all of it. I mean it's fantastic. It's so good. I mean Ridley Scott's a master, a master, master visualist. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think this scene really stands out because it shows how the engineers could have essentially seeded life on mm -hmm. planets. And it, it's ambiguous in that it doesn't necessarily suggest that it's Earth because it could be another planet. Yeah, that's it, true. It looks Earth-like. Yeah. Right, yeah. I love the DNA sequence and the, it's kind of breaking apart, but then it's reattaching itself and then the, the cells mm -hmm. and, of course, here we have 
I love that. And it's kind of a, a throwback to Alien, um, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now begins probably some of my favorite parts of this film, yeah. which are on the ship uh, with David by himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no, that's a little bit later. But I can uh, skip to that if you'd like. Yeah, let's skip to that. And just briefly, of course, the next scenes after that are uh, Shaw and Holloway discovering a relic of the engineers pointing towards the stars. Uh, right, yeah. Not too interesting, but it explains a little bit. But yes, this, very iconic. It looks like something out of the Nostromo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Fassbender's a genius. It, it's, yeah, uh, Fassbender, like you said, is a genius. And I'm really looking forward to him playing these... Uh, to David's and Covenant and seeing how the writers and how Scott kind of utilized that and kind of um, throw twists and turns with the audience where you're not sure which David is which or who's good is who's bad. Are they going to join together to kind of do, you know, complete their own mission or, I mean, you know, where are their motives? What's gonna? It's so. It's. I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, Fast Spinners is awesome. So he is. I, I think he's gonna do a great job with that. I just saw him yeah. in a movie called Slow West last night, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. But yeah, I, I really Fast Bender is my favorite part of Prometheus. Um, yeah, uh, he's just he really he plays the role subtly. Um, he's mysterious. You don't know what his motives are. You don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of pick up a little bit about his motives, like he's kind of. Yeah. Been, a mission, but you don't know for sure, and I like that ambiguity. Yeah. Uh, so it will be interesting if there indeed are two David models in Covenant. Maybe one is going to be a little bit more like Bishop, where he's going to be warmer, calmer, um, mm-hmm. softer, and the other one that we know of from Prometheus is going to be Rogue, and right, right. still kind of on that mission to experiment with humans because that was what his last. Um, kind of, uh, what do you call it? Really, that's what Wayland wanted from him. Those were his last orders. Um, yeah. So he'd still be on that mission. Um, yeah. yeah. Great basketball player, too. Not that's as good as Sigourney, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it interesting that they did create that, that, like the basketball scene, like in Resurrection. It's funny that they kind of did that. I'm sure they thought knew about that when they did it. Yeah. Uh, but here we have a breakfast scene. It's funny because it's in... in uh, in contrast, you know, we have a breakfast scene in Alien, um, but she's by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all of this, the sets, everything, it's just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is pure brilliance. Uh-huh. It really is. It really, really, really is. Um, I just love the idea of the android learning. Yeah, yeah. And what is, what is the quote? Uh, trick, the trick with the imposter is not minding that it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really interesting. And I know I posted on the Wailing Utani Bolton, like, what, what was the deeper meaning? Because they didn't just throw this in there for no reason. There's a reason why he's watching Lawrence of Arabia, why he's quoting that line, um, you know, that has importance later on in the film. So. And Lords of yeah. Arabia, I mean, the character, he's kind of this foreigner, this white man in this, in this foreign land, you know? Uh-huh, uh, yeah. Kind of alien land, quote-unquote. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's a lot there. I love that. I love that pause. I love this right here. Um, 
So of arms. course, the ship has just told him that they're within proximity of their of their where they're supposed to go. And the ship stops, and David kind of stops too. It's great. And I love that scene too, where David's walking and he notices something on the floor, and he stops and he looks at it very yeah. specifically. And like, mm -hmm. what is this? What is this? It's very yeah. robotic and specific. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's robotic enough that you know that he is not a real person, but at the yeah. same time, it's it's such a human trait, I think, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To show he's a neat freak. Um. So, yeah, this is this is just. It, I mean, again, uh, the opening it's great. I, I think that there's a, a little bit of a difference. When we see the Nostromo in Alien, mm -hmm. uh, oh, I love that shot right there of the planet. Yeah. Um, when we see the Nostromo in Alien, there's a real sense of epic. It's huge. It's co of course it has it's towing the thing, the the mining or the ore, whatever it was. Um, but there's a, a really grand sense, a grand sense of the ship, and I don't feel like I got that sense with the Prometheus. Mm. It doesn't feel grand. It feels small. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure it isn't small. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's just one of the things that I noticed that I wish uh, the ship yeah. had a better scale, um, a, a, a larger, quantic, quieter. You know, with the Nostromo, is huge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It ominous. It was, you just hear this this rumbling, you know. You didn't get that with Prometheus. But and I understand also, too, that they're trying to kind of differentiate. This is a smaller ship, different crew. Um, it's going to probably fly faster. You know? Yeah. Everyone's fine. Definitely a much cleaner ship than the Nostromo, oh that's for sure. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of Nostromo and maybe, architecture in the ship, but it's just okay. yeah. more accentuated and uh, futuristic, I think. Right. And right. maybe that was intentional, you know, this being a scientific vessel, this being a uh, before the Weyland-Yutani merger, I don't know. Um, there could be. I mean, maybe we'll explain more. I know some people were kind of hunks back there. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? I said, who are those, <laughs> those hunks back there? That's yeah. funny. They're, what they're wearing though, their little diaper things. They look a yeah. lot like the ones from uh, Alien. So that's oh, pretty. Yeah. The continuity is great there. Yeah, there depends. Depends diapers. The depends. Sure. Yeah. I that sweater <laughs> that that uh, uh, not Byfield. What's the other guy's name? Mills. Milburn. Milburn. I love that sweater he's wearing. This is a random aside. The kind of big, huge, um, the the big, huge that? hood. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need the holidays to show time. It's still moving. What are your guys' uh, impressions? Kind of these first scenes. Uh, I, I think it really kind of sets the stage for characters. Um, this scene is just really awkward. I don't know why they put it in. It does nothing to establish those two characters no offense, and their lack of relationship. Yeah, there's no chemistry. And obviously they're trying to, like, give a sense of character and camaraderie or lack of or interactions. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of trying to establish that same type of feeling that we that we had with Alien. But these people don't know each other. And obviously they, obviously they know they don't know each other. Uh, it was awkward. It didn't play very well. Those two right there, don't, they make the bet throughout the whole film, and I, I think they have more camaraderie. You know, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and there's two with no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Budget Tom Hardy and Numi Rapace. Here's the interesting thing. She is a fucking phenomenal actor. Yeah. Everything she's been in. I just saw this film called Child... Child... 
Child 30, I don't know, Child 88. It's a movie she's yeah. in with Tom Hardy. Um, and she's awesome in it, he's awesome in it. And then I saw there's another movie called The Invitation with Holloway, with the guy who plays Holloway. Um, of course, budget Tom Hardy, I can't remember his name right now, of course. Logan Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green, who actually, interestingly enough, has an identical twin. Um, who, of oh, course, just, um, just Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's in a film called The Invitation, and he is okay. amazing, amazing. And after Prometheus, I was like, this guy can't act worth shit, you know. Um, it was and like they chose the worst takes or something. But then I realized it wasn't him; it was the film, it was the characters. Um, yeah. Did you guys notice the little uh, alien hypersleep theme or the beginning of the yeah. alien theme right there? Yeah, I think there. This, yeah. this track is called "An Old Friend," uh, which is kind of, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that this scene played well either. To be honest with you, I don't. I like, yeah. I like Peter Whalen talking. I don't mind this part of it. Uh, his his makeup is wrong. He looks way. I don't know. He looks he looks like they took him from the crypt. You know? Yeah. Um, well, he's but, like over a hundred years old. Yeah, yeah, or close to it. He was born in 1990. How Blade Runner this scene feels. Mm -hmm. Room. Um, it just has this like when they meet Tyrell. Um, yeah. when Dexter meets Tyrell for the first time. It's almost a very similar room with similar lighting. Um, yeah. Doctors, please. I thought it was really interesting when he's talking about, um, you know, about David how. You know, he's like a son. And Closest see, thing I ever um, had to a son. Right, yeah, exactly. And then Charlize Theron's character kind of wow. looks away disgusted. Uh, you're like, oh, okay, what's going on there? And then when um, then when um, Waylon says, you know, but he's, you know, talks about David. Oh, he's not real. And then it cuts to David. He just kind of has this, um, you know, it, like he's doesn't really react to it, but you kind of wonder if he's um, maybe a little bit, I don't know, if he can be frustrated or can be a little bit let down that he's not, you know, not real. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would agree. That was a yeah. good, actually, it was a good clip. It was a good scene um, mm -hmm. just to see his reaction, to see what kind of reaction he gives. And then, of yeah. course, Ron in the film, we find, you know, um, well, even Vicker's uh, reaction to it, like, yeah. seems like her father's more interested in this. And they look alike. They're blonde. Yeah. They dress alike. They're kind of cold and distant to some degree. She's Yeah. What she's wearing, too, by the way, also what she's wearing is very Rachel from Blade Runner. Yeah. Those sleeves, those arms, her posture, her hair. Um, I still think she might be an android. I really do. Um, she okay. said she wasn't, but I think she might not know who she is. Yeah. Is this an empathy test, Mr. Decker? Or are you testing yeah. the lesbians? <laughs> Mr. Um, and, of course, a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people know, but in the, um, the, the Blu-ray, um, in some of the, not the behind-the-scenes stuff, but some of the extra stuff, there's a tie between Tyrell and Wayla, that they were both kind of uh, right. these people who went off to kind of do their own thing, but they were friends, both in the robotics industry. I like that tie together. I, I don't mind them tying Blade Runner and Alien together. They don't need to, but I, I like it. It kind of creates this yeah. grand world, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's no this, doubt that Blade Runner and Alien are connected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Outrun, uh, Outland, even. It's not specific. I mean, it's it's we're hinting at it. It's been hinted at, but it's not, like, concrete. There's no in the movie, oh, yes, we've just, 
Although, no, I, I, I will I mean, say, from Alien, in, or in, um, actually, I think it's Aliens, uh, Dallas's file, that he used to fly ships for the Tyrell Corporation. Yep. Yeah. yeah. A little interesting tidbit there. Yeah. So there's connections there, for sure. I was a little bit frustrated with this part where um, Shaw just says, oh, it's what I choose to believe. And I'm oh, like, uh, yeah. I think, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they're going, I mean, I know er, just before, you know, David's watching her dreams, her dad says the same thing to her when she was a child. Um, now she's saying it now, and I'm just, but I'm not sure exactly what kind of Lindelof and Scott were going for with that. Um, I don't think they did either. You know? I don't okay. think so either. <laughs> and in fact, I think it, it almost, it's one of those moments or beats in the film that I, I felt like, well, do you think we're stupid? Do you think the audience is stupid? It's like this <laughs> foreshadowing, you know? Like, yeah. father says it in her dream, and then later she says it. But also, this isn't, oh, I'm choosing to believe this. This is fucking science. This is yeah. exploration. You don't do something because you're choosing to believe something is true. You're exploring and trying to find out the truth. So yeah. that's the weird thing. It's like, well, what, this isn't church. This isn't like a get-together. Uh, why, why are you here? And right. the answer would, for her, were to be, well, this is what I think, but we're here to explore that, to find right. out what the truth is, not what you choose to believe. Because I'm not going, like, if I were to go with somebody on a trip to say we're going to, I don't know, uh, Switzerland. Um, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, where are we going? And he's like, well, I don't know. I said, and I'll say, oh, do you think we're going to go to the Alps? And he said, well, you can choose to believe that. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, I'm not going. You Same know? logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> I think this scene is set up pretty nicely with the different backgrounds. And yeah, and just describe for people who aren't watching, who aren't listening, or who aren't watching as we are. Vickers, are, uh, Vickers is questioning Holloway, and um, and make sure we do that every time we discuss what we're seeing. Um, Vickers is questioning Holloway and Shaw, or and just saying, hey, this is why you're here, and this is how you're here, and I'm keeping tabs on you. Yeah. Even though it's not her ship, she just runs the show. Yeah. It's Yannick's ship. Although, it's Yannick's ship, but it's funded by her father, so it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah. She's fronting the money, you know, or her father is fronting the money, and she's kind of the, the what what do you call it of his estate? The, uh, the um, trust heir? The what? The heir of the estate? Trustee. Yeah, the heir of the estate or the trustee, yeah. Um... Since the they guardian, think he's perhaps. dead. Yeah. I spent two years deconstructing. I like this exchange between uh, what we're seeing now is they're looking at um, a bunch of information, Holloway and Shaw, with David, uh, mm -hmm. and they're talking about his hypothesis. David is talking to Holloway about his hypothesis, and clearly David's smarter, and you can see that Shaw knows that. Uh, yeah. And Holloway's this kind of hothead, which again. These people, these archaeologist people, these archaeologist types, they're not hotheads. They're not impulsive people. They're right. patient, patient people who take years to discover what they discover. Right. Uh, so that's kind of what, one of the reasons why Holloway is believable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Provided your thesis is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of the Prometheus ship? The aesthetics of the ship? Uh, I liked it. Um... I thought it looked cool. Um, it's 
It's uh, there really there really wasn't anything in the movie visually that I didn't like. I think that's and maybe that's one thing that that still like just appealed to me so especially right off the bat early on um, it was just so visually appealing um, the ship the ship design I didn't mind but um, just a look of everything and like right now when the it's flying into LV223 and just it's like man this is such a beautifully done movie and uh, you know the ship I mean I I'm more partial to the Nostromo, but you know, I yeah. thought the ship was pretty, pretty nice. You know, not bad. Yeah. And Ridley Scott, I'm telling you, what I love about what he does, especially what I loved about what he did in Prometheus, he opened it up. This isn't just about one woman on a ship or one woman on a penal colony, Ripley. Mm-hmm. This is about a grand tale. This is a grand mm-hmm. storytelling. We're, yeah. we're getting you into exploration. Now, I have a little bit difficulty with it. The kind of exploration that happened in Prometheus, but at the same time, look at these scape, look at these these visuals of them flying into the planet. Um, I mean, it's beautiful. It's 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 an exploration. It's wonder. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I can skip forward if you guys would like. Yeah, let's uh, get into them kind of going into the 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 temple or the pyramid or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um. And it's interesting too, kind of as they, as we see them now walking into the the pyramid. Uh, Holloway was really, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, um, and kind of they enter into their exploration. I would have liked this whole kind of scene, them entering and then exploring, to be much quieter than it was. Yeah, not like Alien, so we can explore it on our own instead of all this chatter, 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 chatter. This image here is amazing, though, by the way, of them walking yeah. through. Gorgeous. Well, I mean, when the crew was going towards the derelict in Alien, at first they wouldn't shut up, and then Dallas is like, "All right, <laughs> knock it off, knock it off." Yeah. Well, they're yeah. kind of screwing though. That's what he's saying to knock it off. And there was more silence in that scene in the stro- with those characters exploring the derelict and LB four two six than these people. Um, I just felt like I didn't get a, a chance to just breathe while watching them in here. It right. was just yeah. so much talk. Um, and I, I know people who are scientists. I don't know any archaeologists. Um, they're again, they're very quiet. Uh, you learn who, by listening. Yeah, you learn by listening. Here's the pups going up. Like yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, letting the pups map the entire. Um, yeah. Uh, there's four of them actually I didn't realize there was four he let go that was ridiculous his little howl <laughs> <laughs> yeah too bad he doesn't really know how to use the pups after he lets them go you know but we'll find out about that that later yeah <laughs> get, we can just lost to get to it <laughs> yeah um I but I, at the same time um despite the chatter this the exploration the sets the design um, it's fucking amazing. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it's it's got enough alien DNA in it, while still retaining its own identity. Like the yeah. like right now, what we're looking what at is what's very reminiscent of alien hives, mm-hmm. part of the derelict. And yeah, it just it screams alien to me. But at, at the same time, you can tell it's its own thing. And this shot right here, where we're behind them and we see them just exploring, that stands out. Mm-hmm. Then they find the dead engineers. Yeah, 
This whole ship, I mean, what I thought was really interesting about that uh, alien out of the shadows is when they talk about kind of a the ship seems like it's almost grown rather than made. Um, you know, and this ship, it has just this very organic feel to it. Like, it was actually, you know, that they, this is another creation, almost like an organic creation that they, um, you know, just has that look, that feel like uh, you're inside some, um, I don't know, like an organ or like, it's just, it's just really interesting to me how they design the ship. It's, um, you know, I wonder if they're going to, if that's it's something they're going to tie into Covenant later on or Hopefully. we'll see. But yeah. Here's Holloway taking off his helmet. Um, much it's very maligned, this, this, um, this decision that he made. Um, and really, it, it, to be honest with you guys, I don't know what, you, uh, of course, we'll talk about it, but he would, no one, in doesn't matter how breathable the air is. What about parasites? What about, you know, all sorts of things around them that could, maybe it's not in the air. Or what if there's something airborne? What if there's an airborne disease? You can breathe the air. These people wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Smart scientists would not, and archaeologists and geologists and biologists would not act this way. No. And that's kind of uh, yeah. more more of the disconnect, I think, that people are experiencing. And I think yeah. it's important as we kind of go over this step by step, we're talking about, hey, this is some problems that people had. But we're also yeah. enjoying the movie, too, like how beautiful it is and how grand the designs are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very ballsy move by Holloway. Stupid, but ballsy. Yeah, so. Well, ballsy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know? I, I'm just joking, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, just, yeah, that's one of those, I just don't just shake my head. Kinda, uh, I didn't really notice it when the when I was watching it. I remember in the theaters, but and now looking back on it, there's a couple of things like that. Kind of looking back on it, it's like, oh, yeah, that didn't really make sense. Um, I'm fingering the statues now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm fingering the statues now. Yeah, it's got that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> semen on his fingers now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's part of me too that I, I wish um, uh, David didn't figure out this stuff so quickly, and I understand he's a robot. I understand his advanced intelligence, but I wish it would have taken them longer to figure this out. Uh, yeah. It, it really. Um, takes away some of the mystery when, okay, oh, I'm opening this door. Oh, yeah, I know what this means. Oh, I even speak their language. Like, I wish uh, <laughs> yeah. I wish uh, it would have really, maybe they didn't discover this until the next film, you know, how to speak their language. Um, it just it happened too quickly. Although I do love the scene, what we're seeing now, which is mm -hmm. if it turns on a hologram of them running down this corridor and people don't, the Holloway and Shaw and everybody, they don't know what they're seeing. It's very, it's very yeah. different. It's very amazing. It's, it's a great scene. Glad we didn't bring any it's like the ships uh, with the black box. Is that what they call it on modern, it, that records everything? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what's great about this, uh, this corridor or this, whatever they're in, this cave, this is all built in a set, in a, in a studio in England. Wow. Um, wow. So, again, Ridley Scott's attention to detail, uh, the way that he can create a scene, where he can create a mood on a set. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I would love to have gone on this set, you know, 
Um, yeah. There's, there's behind-the-scenes photos which we can share when we actually publish this episode of that set when it's being constructed. And when yeah. I'm seeing photos, I'm thinking, what am I seeing? But it was a set. I mean, they yeah. brought all this dirt in and all this stuff, and they built it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Scott's really set. Oops, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, really Scott's second to none when it comes to that kind of stuff. To the director, just visuals and sets and things like that. Just, yeah, he's one of the best ever. Yeah, I mean, sure. no one does what he does. No one builds the kind of sets that he builds still. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people augment a lot of stuff with with um, green screen or blue screen. Um, mm -hmm. And, of course, he does do that sometimes as well. And there's a lot of augmentation in Prometheus. But these scenes here, I mean, this is purely practical sets built. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're at another controversial scene where Fifield is freaking out. Um, the, ge the geologist is freaking out. Um, and the archaeologist is okay. And the geologist is scared and he's running away. And I, I think there's some things about... Um, I understand that there's some fear. You're on an alien planet. There is going to be fear. Um, mm -hmm. But I just feel like the people who are where they're in the field, the geologists and the biologists of exploration, mm -hmm. they're freaking out like they're teenage boys. You know, like, oh, my God, it's the dark. We're so afraid. You know, <laughs> it just wasn't. It's not plausible. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things that it, it you, you, you know, how you suspend your disbelief. Right. Well, it, you drop that, and you're like, "Come on, come on!" Right? Well, yeah. Isn't uh, isn't one of the main rules of sci-fi is to not make the audience suspend their disbelief twice? True, true. Mm -hmm. Like you can have vampires, or you can have space monsters, but you can't have you can't have vampire space monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read that somewhere yeah. the other day. What uh, is that right now we're in the scene where they're in the. The accelerant chamber, and they're looking yeah. at all the vases, plazas, yeah, whichever. I wish this scene was long, like longer, and like like Jamie has said, that you know that there's more, more silence, more exploration. That they examined the mural a little bit more. That they, they just looked around and like just discovered, but it just created even more mystery. But for me, it just, it just kind of went too quick. Um, and see, like this image right here, I really wanted them to look at that a little longer. You know, um, what is that? It looks like a Xeno coming out of uh, black goo. I, I don't know. It's it's it was mysterious, but it was just too fast. I just remember, like, oh, that's it. They, then they just kind of book it out of there. I'm like, yeah. oh man. I think they wanted it's... to establish that it was enough of a connection between. Uh... Okay. Prometheus and Alien to get like oh like one of those type deals like oh okay yeah everything's changing and I get that too Charlie, Charlie. and I think <laughs> um, yeah. I think like they're in the head chamber you know the chamber with the head with with the urns and all that and I what I think part of it is it's just so much talking it's like yeah. just shut the fuck up um and part of it is just the writing too um I just let the audience breathe. Let if you trusted us enough in Alien to also ask those same questions without needing to ask them audibly, let us do that with Prometheus. Let us explore. Or let us. You don't need to explain to us or explain to us that you don't know what you're seeing because we don't know what we're seeing either. You know. Right. Now they're putting the head 
um, in the one of the, the helmets or the head of the engineer in a big in a big bag to take back for uh, for exploration and discovery. Mm-hmm. They did one of those freezer bags. I think they're going to eat it later. They forgot food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Um, <laughs> This is Gladlock uh, Saran wrap or something like that. That scene right there with Holloway, he's looking at that like jade-looking green crystal that's on a table or something or an altar, and then he's looking back at that at the uh, Zeno in the mural or whatever. That's very interesting because I was like, well, what is it? That was it. That's what one of those questions I asked about Prometheus that I didn't have an answer to, but I don't mind. Like, what was he looking at? We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What what version of Prometheus are we watching? Because it seems like um, there's a couple of scenes in it that I'm, I'm not familiar with. The the worms, you see them stepping in, and there's worms, and then you see the worms going in the black goo. As far as that I was know, in the this theatrical is the, cut. The yeah. theatrical. Oh, okay. Because in the there's a deleted scene where you see um, Milburn putting those worms in a like a, uh, a not a ziploc bag but um a tupperware type thing for space tupperware um, yeah, space yeah. Tupperware. Uh, to look at oh, i love to see here i mean oh my god scott is just a master look at that yeah so, you, so yeah. we're looking at the uh the dust storm approaching the prometheus i mean where do we see i mean this is just so beautiful it really is i can have a poster of any of these images mm-hmm. david's just like i don't give a shit <laughs> so, Hollow, or Shaw went out to grab the head as they were coming back um, the head fell off the bike or whatever that thing is um, and now there's a big uh, dust storm slash whatever that's whatever the shit is flying in the dust mm-hmm. yeah. um, remnant of alien too there's a scene in this alien where we, something is happening people aren't outside looks like glass yeah it does like a glass silica storm or something <laughs> Mm-hmm. A very similar scene in the Martian too, near the beginning. Yes, yes. Uh, the clarity in these images too is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. Scott just he doesn't is crystal clear. I mean, yet it's so atmospheric. I mean, look at that that shot between them. It's just amazing. Not bad for twenty four frames per second. Yeah. Not at all. Um. I wish so movies let's... would just go to sixty or one twenty already. Not me. That's too. It's too clear. Part of the part of the magic of movies is it looks a little bit different than real life. I've seen those movies. Like I saw the Avengers on this ultra clear um, screen. Mm-hmm. It looked like video. It lo- didn't even look real. It didn't look real. It looked like cheap video. Ryan, are you outside? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that from the film. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, a in Prometheus. Just added in. Angry drivers up here in San Jose. I'm, I apologize. Yeah. Although I'm sitting outside of Pete's uh, second right, Starbucks, but yeah. Just, <laughs> 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 um, what do you guys think about the 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 design and the costumes for specifically the? The helmets and the the suits. Really uninspired. Really, really. Uh, okay. I'm not fond of them at all. I think they they just went for uh, form over function. 
Whereas if you look at the suits from Alien, or even the salvage suits from Aliens at the opening scene, it you, you can tell they're just so utilitarian and they're they have a purpose. They're not just oh well, this is this looks nice and it's form fitting and spandex and it's got plexiglass. It has it has a purpose. Like the old, the old suits, you could tell they look like old diving suits or yeah, yeah. Like the old, the old astronaut suits. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, this, it's like. Uh... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, is this where they get go lost? Ahead, go ahead. You're talking. The new suits just look like, uh, like morph suits with a helmet on. Yeah. All right. So this is a. Uh... Let me just say this one, one thing. Sure. What I do love about the suits is the globe and the yellow light and the name, their names are on their head. It's it's directly from Sid Mead, I believe. Uh, oh, cool. Was it? No, Ron Cobb. I'm sorry, not Sid Mead. Ron Cobb designed that. From It's an original design from Alien that wasn't used, and they reused it in Prometheus. And I love I love the globe and the little hats that they're wearing inside that globe. I think it's gorgeous. But yes, the rest of the costume seems a little bit too advanced for its time. Mm. So what are we seeing, Ryan? Sorry. Um, so, okay, so this part um, I thought was, it was interesting, but also at the same time, um, so, okay, so they discover that this head that's very similar to what we saw in Alien with the space jockey, oh, it's actually a helmet. Um, I think right here, <laughs> I think right here a lot of people, um, this is a polarizing part. I think a lot of people thought that what we saw in Alien was an actual an alien being that had like an elephant-like head, and uh, but n now we get this where they kind of changed it, maybe, or maybe this is how it always was supposed to be that there was actually a human-like um, head beneath the inside this uh, helmet, um, and now so now we have uh, a humanoid engineer's head, but. This part, I mean, reanimating the head, I don't know if there's any, if this is like a scientifically sound, like something actual scientists do, like just re no. reanimate the head, it's okay. <laughs> no, oh, sure. not at all. <laughs> um, it's, uh, Once you sever the spinal cord, there's there's nothing. Okay, yeah. So this is, uh, yeah, then things start moving. and <laughs> Going back to the space jockey, though, I, I personally refuse to believe that the space jockey is the same as the engineers. Mm -hmm. They are not the same. Yeah. I, I think the engineers, if anything, they probably stole the technology from the space jockeys. Yeah. Yeah. I think space jockey beans are uh, exploding head. Green goo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. Well, um, I wanted to know with this scene too of them doing experiments on this head, what was the point? Like I think someone was just saying, what was the point of this? What were they trying to find out? What, were, what did they think it was going to do? Wake up and talk to them? Like I didn't know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Feed me, Shaw. <laughs> Get in my belly. They <laughs> yeah, wanted right. to play uh, hokey pokey. So David seems to be talking to 
Wayland while he's in st- stasis. Uh, mm-hmm. Got the visor on, the very Tron-like visor, which, by the way, the guy who designed this and the visor also worked on the last Tron sequel. Mm. Uh, oh, cool. So there's the similarities there. Um, I like that movie. That was fun. That was a good movie. I'm not sure, to be honest with you, with the dreaming and him being able to kind of access dreams. I don't know if I need like that. I don't know if it belongs in an alien film. I feel like alien, yeah. alien films are way more basic than that. Um, where that yeah. got a little bit too sci-fi, too kind of magic. I don't know. This scene uh, right here is pure brilliance. Where yeah, uh, it's a good scene. Where Vickers and David are just yes. having the standoff. Kind of like animosity between brother and sister to some degree. Mm-hmm. Oh. Two awesome actors right there. Just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I, I can confirm that this is what siblings look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Squared up with my sister the other day. Uh, no, me and my sister have never, ever done this. We've never <laughs> had to head like this before. We get along. <laughs> We've always gotten along really well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great scene. Um, so maybe should we skip ahead to um, them going... Oh, no. Okay, here we go. Some interesting stuff. So David is uh, taking out the urn from the fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, dinner time. It is dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of samples in there. Um, I don't know what those samples are from, um, unless they were from the people took them from the uh, the the pyramid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, again, interestingly enough, yeah. and we know this, Melbourne and Fifield are still stuck in that that pyramid somewhere. Uh, we don't know where. Um, yeah. While, while the other non-geologists and biologists made it safely back. Yeah. You're what talking you about what characters? I don't remember I anybody getting lost. I <laughs> <laughs> I feel forgot to bring the manual with the pups. So, yeah. (laughs) I like this. I like the scene of David pulling out the whatever, the the wine glasses. The wine glasses from within the urn. Um, We're really well. I love the sounds of this thing, too. Yeah. It should. Um, This is a a lot of cool mystery here. It Um, is. Yeah. Engineers are the same as us. It's us. Where then? Here's one thing that's also polarizing, and it's also a lot of controversy, is just the, the inclusion of the black goo and the fact that really this began with the X-Files. Um, I mean, yeah. it began <laughs> earlier. But the X-Files had this. This was a running, this was a running um, kind of motif within the X-Files series for years. Yeah. And to have, uh, it was, to me, for my 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 opinion is that it was a lazy, um, it's a lazy device. Um, oh, it's black goo. It becomes whatever. Like I, I feel like it should have been more specific. Um, there's yeah. so many specifics in this film. Um, it just, it becomes too general sci-fi. Oh, black goo. What is yeah. it? We don't know. You know? Yeah. Now, this is a very interesting scene here with Holloway and David. Holloway's really obviously upset. Um, that the beings he was are all dead to, and you know seemingly all gone, and uh, you know David's here. I think it was always David's intention to kind of spike his drink with um, this black goo, um, but he did. Uh, you know he, but he did kind of wait for Holloway's permission here. Like what you know, what would you do? Would what would you do to? 
you know, the discover. I can't remember exactly how long. How goes, far would but, you go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you do anything and everything, and that was like the cue for David, who had just spoken to. We didn't we didn't know this yet, but he had just spoken to Waylon, and Waylon told him to try harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, this is David trying harder to see what this goo does, see if it can prolong Waylon's life. Um, and, you know, obviously we discover that this actually, you know, kind of disintegrated. I don't know exactly what it was doing to Holloway, but um, what it was transferring him into, or if it was just going to end up killing him anyways, I don't know. But, yeah. um, but it was just, yeah, an interesting scene here. I thought Fassbender did a really good job again. Yeah, and I think yeah, it was a good scene, and uh, yeah, I think uh, budget Tom Hardy over over <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, um, but I think it was a good. It, it, it asks very interesting questions. The best yeah. question sci-fi can ask: What? Why are we doing? What are we doing? What are the answers that we're looking for? Um, mm -hmm. I think the best sci-fi ask great questions. They don't answer them. They ask. Okay. Yeah, um, and for me at least, um, I mean, two thousand is one big question. What was it? What were we right. seeing? We don't know what two thousand one. Even in two thousand ten, we the sequel, we still don't know what we were seeing. Right. Um, and we don't always need answers to questions. You know, the the question of what was the space jockey from Alien drives us. It drives us of our love. What was it? We don't know. We don't know. What could it have been? That's better than any answer that I could have, could get. Yeah. I don't like, typically, we don't like the answer. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's another interesting scene. Um, so Mil Milburn and Fifield, um, are they, this is when they discover the, what was this thing, the, the snake thing, what was that called? The, the, no, no, fuck. The hammer, hammer peed. Hammer peed. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. And okay, and they're also okay. So they're exploring things, but they're also talking to um, the captain of the ship, which is Elba, who's looking at who's looking at the pyramid and them in the period, and he still can't get them home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm about to have a booty call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Idris Elba is another amazing actor. Used. Uh, poorly, poorly, poorly written, um, yeah. and really, I, I, he wasn't believable to me. No, no, I don't think it has anything to do with um, him as an actor. I just don't know if he understood the character, or I don't think the character was flushed out enough for him to right. know. Uh, like coming from Parker, somebody like Parker or Brett or Kane, right. we really we felt like we knew them. They, they yeah, just felt knowable, um, like they were people we've always known. But we don't. I don't feel that sense with any of these people. Yeah. Although uh, Fifield looks cool with that tattoo, with that helmet on, I will yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I didn't get that. Like, you know, Yannick can see where they are. He could kind of, I would assume he could guide them out. Um, but they're still kind of stuck. They don't really know what they're doing. It just, I don't know. It just wasn't, I don't think it was, that part was written appropriately or written well. But. Um, here's the part where Holloway. I hate this scene. I hate it. Yeah. You want to skip it? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I really want to try and balance uh, our love for many aspects of this film for our, our criticism. But essentially, I just, this idea that she's all of a sudden crying about not being able to have a baby, but that's not what he was talking about. She should know that. She's smart. Um, although I do like her costume. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, all of a sudden she gets weepy. I can't have a baby. It's like, yeah. it just turns her into a stereotypical woman. And we know, yeah. uh, we, you know, uh, women aren't stereotypical and she's smarter than this. And yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I just, nothing yeah. about the relationship is believable. Um, yeah. nothing about their chemistry is believable. So anyway, so yeah, let's skip it. I can't create life. <laughs> <laughs> we can try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, okay, let's skip this too. This is essentially, I think, uh, is, uh you a robot. Okay, let's back up a little bit. So here is Milburn and Pfeiffer. Milburn and Pfeiffer. Dumb and dumber. Let's just call him that. Michelle Pfeiffer, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they discover the hammer peat. And I think this is a great scene. It is terrifying. Um, uh, it's really visceral. Um, I like that their helmets are back on. Uh, they're mm -hmm. kind of scared, so they're like, oh, shit. We need more protection. I don't like This is kind of funny. Well, I guess he's got pot or tobacco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this was a very polarizing. I don't even know. If, I think it's mostly dislikes this idea that. Um, okay, so yeah, here comes something in the goo, and then Milburn. <laughs> people describe online. He wants to pet the snake, basically this hand yeah. feed. Yeah, and a lot of people. I remember when I was in the theater, um, I was just like, "What are you doing? Get away yeah. from that thing!" Yeah, yeah. Um, like people in horror movies. It's like <laughs> yeah. alien resurrection when it's like beautiful, beautiful butterfly. The design on these though is amazing. It's it's really scary, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a giant penis. Yeah, and then it opens up to a vagina a face. Yeah, it's like a pro. So, like, yeah. And this is most of this is practical. Just so everyone mm -hmm. knows. Um, well, yeah, that's when you so run. It's opened itself up like a cobra, and there's still, of course, Milburn's really close to it. Even though he would know as a as a biologist that that is a stance of of uh, danger. It's, yeah. it's warning you. Get away. Yeah, that, it latches on to him. Now, there was uh, apparently there's a deleted scene as well. I guess the idea was that Milburn, Milburn wanted to impress Fivefield, I think. I think he wanted to build a relationship with him, wanted to, like I said, impress him. Um, and so he wanted to get close to this thing, show him he's kind of, I don't know, brave. I, don't, I think that's what, kind of what they were going for. Um, but it just didn't didn't work for me. Um, although this was a terrifying scene. Breaks his arm. Now he gets splattered with uh, acid. Byfield does. This thing um, slithers into his suit and goes down his throat. Yeah, screaming. Yeah. The music here was actually pretty good. Um, so the, whole, the scene was terrifying. I just thought, you know, they could have done it um, a little bit better. You know, so they could have done uh, the whole movie a little better, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like this this scene here where Holloway 
after a nice little romp with his girl. Um, he's already drinking the, the wine that David protected mm-hmm. with the goo. And so it's happening with him, and he can tell. He feels it. He sees it in his eyes, and he just detects mm-hmm. something in his eyes. And this, the the effects on this scene is are awesome. Um, mm-hmm. It's creepy as shit. Um, whatever that thing is in his eye, it's just creepy. I mean, they did really, really, really good job. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Max. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. Great. Makes my eyes water. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Remember in the trailers uh, for Prometheus where they show, they cut a scene of her in the bed and it looks like there's bruises all over her body? No, um, I don't remember uh, A lot of people thought there were bruises all over her body. Um, and then when you got to the movie, of course, there aren't. Um, but that's just what a lot of people had the idea of. I don't know. It was just, it's just weird. It's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Um, but... Uh, so here they are. They're going back into the tunnel, or the tunnel, the pyramid. Um, and this is when, uh, of course, David will discover the actual engineers. Um, and they're going. They're going back to get Fifield and Milburn, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you looking that info up, Peter? Yes. Deleted scenes in Prometheus that would have made the movie better. I wonder movie. if someday. <laughs> now I wonder um, a little bit of an aside, but I kind of wonder if they'll ever come out with sort of like a extended edition of Prometheus, or a, you know, like a almost like an Alien Three assembly cut, you know, um, and that maybe people look back on on it, and maybe have a a new more maybe more positive view of Prometheus. But I, I think Prometheus actually built a little bit more polarizing than. I think Alien Three was mostly disliked when it first came out. Prometheus, yeah. Prometheus is there's actually I mean a lot of people that really really love it, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. and a lot of people that absolutely hate it. There's not much in between that yeah. I've noticed. You're right. You're um, right. And there isn't. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if someday, like a Prometheus assembly extended edition, people look back. Oh, okay. Um, actually, this movie was you know the ones that hated it. Okay, maybe this actually was a pretty decent movie good addition to the alien series i don't know maybe maybe not well i um, think that um my belief looking real quick oh yeah see you can see there's bruises on her bodies right yeah it looks like she got fucked up yeah and that was <laughs> the thing like maybe while during sex because he's been he's been um holloway has been infected he he gets really strong and he he brutalizes her. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. she's kind of in the bed, and he's like, "He's like, what did I do? What did I do?" Um, yeah. And maybe that's the direction that was a different take, and they decided to go with something else. Yeah. Here's there a is a larger um, picture. She got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, there was a deleted scene. Um, actually, there's a redone scene where they it was Shaw and Holloway. Um, and it was just really, it was longer, it was, it was just really awkwardly done. It's on the DVD, um, on the Blu-ray, uh, special features, but, uh, I think it was a little bit more, there's a lot more, like, kind of anger between them. Um, there might have been some pushing or, you know, yeah. some forceful grabbing that might have caused some bruises on her. Um, so maybe that was kind of part of it, but, uh... 
Let's see. But okay, so right now, okay, so we're looking at uh, David. He's in the room with all the urns. Um, and then, oh, he shuts off the camera feed to Vickers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he sees, oh, yeah. So this scene coming up, I thought was really fascinating. The music was cool. The visuals were amazing when David kind of turns on this planetary, um, guidance. I don't know. I guess it was kind of a guidance system or something like that. But it was just really fascinating to me. Oh, you know. And he sees what uh, these engineers were doing. They were make, and they were on their way to um, Earth. And uh, at first, we don't know if they're on their way to Earth to, um, you know, for you know a good reason, or if they're, I mean, on their way to Earth to, you know, eventually it looks like they want to destroy us. So. Um, to your point earlier, Ryan, about how people will look, look, look back on Prometheus uh, and kind of comparison to Alien Three, I think the difference between the films are Alien Three. No one thought was a bad film. It was it was poorly written. People just didn't like the way it, where it went. Right. Uh, whereas with Prometheus, a lot of the discussions are characters were uh, a lot of the characters were dumb. The decisions that they made were dumb. The dialogue didn't make sense. A lot mm-hmm. of times, um, I mean, in terms of portions of the film that really lost people. Um, yeah. And sometimes, uh, I, I don't know if that will age, get better. Um, oh, I, I see. bar is so high with Alien and Aliens and Alien 3 in terms of dialogue and character and caring about these people. And some of the contention with Alien 3 is people didn't ha- get time to get to know people from Alien 3 before they were killed. Everyone yeah, was kind yeah. of like just a number, and the alien was killing them off. But at the yeah. same time, I think we got to know Dylan, we got to know Morse, we got to know Gallic. Um, of course, uh, Ripley. So there was enough people there that we really invested in, and we really wanted, and we really developed a, uh, an, a, an affinity for for um, for Dylan, even though yeah. he was a prisoner. We we liked him, um, and I said, "Fuck that thing." <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was there's no one really like that except for David, who's kind of yeah. not, he's not even an antihero. He's just purely a, 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 an android gone haywire, right? Know? Um, but uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, uh, and we'll. It's really going to depend on Covenant. What Covenant's going to do? And um, to be honest with you, in, how in the the Wayland Dutani Bulletin, who by the way we're partnered with, we're, they kind of sponsor us and we sponsor them in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. No one talks about Alien Resurrection. Rarely, rarely. It's yeah. like that, the bastard child that no one discusses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and I, there's so many reasons that film could have been great, and none of them ever succeeded like you have an ensemble cast you've got sigourney weaver producing it and you have mm-hmm. one of the best french directors of all time and then it yeah. ends up being the shittiest movie in the whole franchise yeah but i would rather watch avp requiem you know multiple times before watching resurrection again honestly i get to but sit at the cool kids table now <laughs> I'm going to well, touch the eggs. We were talking about this on both on, on the bulletin. Um, AVP Requiem and Alien Resurrection make Prometheus look like a masterpiece. Yo, oh, yeah. Yes. Um, Which I, in many honest, ways it is. To be honest, I I've actually watched. I own AVP and AVP Requiem. I actually like Requiem more than I like the first one. But here's the thing: I don't like the concept in the first place. I don't watch those movies for the story. I watch them for the the effects and the design. So right. I think the effects 
and AVP Requiem are great. I they think are. the Predalien yeah. is horrible. The, 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 yeah. the, the design of the Predalien is horrible. But, um, uh, I, yeah, so I can watch those films because I don't, I hate the, I even, I hate this idea that they have to cross these creatures. They, they, there's, no, yeah, no, yeah. there's no need to. So I can watch those films. Yeah. Um, with watching Alien Resurrection, it feels like a betrayal of the, the character of Ripley and the, the universe that it, it's set in. That's why I can't yeah. watch that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. What do you guys... There's some, uh, there's some great AVP lore and some of the original comics and especially the games. They're just outstanding. And then you see yeah. the final film and it's just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of this scene here with David and watching the black box kind of recording of what the engineers were doing, looking for a planet, end up looking for Earth. David's spinning around, just fascinated. Um, kind of reminds me how I feel when I go to the planetarium. Yeah. Yeah. Very otherworldly feeling. Like you have such a great respect for the universe. Mm-hmm. There's always a sense of wonder. Yeah, I, I, this is a, a con- an iconic and wonderful scene. I mean, this scene almost, I mean, it makes up for a lot for the film. Well, not enough, but it's really, there's nothing like it. I mean, you, we've never seen anything like this. Ridley Scott, he sets us up in a room that's similar to the where the space jockey was, and he blows our mind again with the visuals. I mean, it's, yeah. um, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And I love that end where it all turns off. Yeah. Back in this room. And also, let's talk about the aesthetic. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to pause for one second because I need to close my window because, of course, they're doing lawn, lawn mowing. <laughs> oh. This is David's face right now reacting to the lawn mowing. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of people... Um, they criticize the lack of Geiger, and of course, it really isn't a full-on Geiger, Geiger aesthetic in some ways. It doesn't have that completely biomechanical um, aesthetic that we saw in Alien, but at the same time, those engineers are fucking Geiger. They are mm-hmm. absolutely Geiger. The aesthetic, yeah. that room, it's not fully Geiger, but it's Geiger enough that we... That man is responsible for the entire look of this film. The pyramid is a design that he did that they didn't use in Alien, so he used it in Prometheus. So much of it, um, so much of Prometheus is Geiger. It's Geiger's aesthetic, um, and I think people have this. And this is it's the problem of fandom sometimes, where fans want to see exactly what they've seen before. Right. Um, and I think Ridley Scott said, "No, I've been here. I want to do something a little bit different." And I like that. I like that he said, "Okay, let's pare this down a little bit and make it a little bit different." Yeah. Um, it's why would he want to do the same thing again? You know? Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, then the other question is, uh, well, at least do it good, you know? And, uh, and uh, you know, there's a lot of talk. He said that, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, Geiger's involvement with Prometheus, that he came in and did murals. Obviously, that wasn't true. And then we hear from Ridley Scott years later, oh, we just didn't have the time. So then why yeah. did you market it and say, this is what Geiger did when Geiger didn't do this? And we saw some mm-hmm. designs, scrabbles. Scratched on paper. Um, anyways, here's another scene coming up. If anyone wants to talk about it, I just want to hit on that real quick. Yeah. After this, this I think of... we should uh, go more towards the final act. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're about an hour and ten minutes in. So, because um, there's a few things that we want to talk about uh, toward the end as well. Um, so basically, this is Holloway coming back to the ship. He's infected. He's dying or something. He's transforming. 
Um, and uh, Vickers isn't having it. He's ha he isn't having it on the ship. Well, so yeah. we can probably skip to. Let's see. Um, what do we want? I thought, we should go to I the thought Logan Marshall scene. Green. Uh, I thought Logan Marshall Green actually did a good job in this scene. Um, you know, he's. Even though I didn't love his character, I thought he still. I was still kind of moved a little bit and kind of sad just to see him kind of go through this and then get burned to death because um, he didn't want to. He cared about Shaw and he cared about. He didn't want to see where what was going to end up happening to him. Well, that's um, what happens when you don't use your turn signals. <laughs> yeah, I would like to happen to people. <clears throat> Uh, let's skip a little bit ahead. Uh, oh, too far. Uh, that's an interesting scene. We can discuss this. Um, Holloway's birth, or Sh Shaw's birthing scene of the trilobite. Um, what do you guys think of this? It's well, oh. uh, the best scene in the whole film, I think. Really? Yeah, the med pod scene. It's like the there's there's some things wrong with it. Obviously, like she said it to like like some. Didn't didn't she? It's calibrated for males. It just said that. Yeah. But what's Vickers doing with it? Right. Yeah, that was interesting. Maybe it's Wayland's. Um. Yeah, that is weird. What, what, he knows that it's Wayland, like obviously it was for Wayland, but at the same time though, it doesn't make sense. Why would you have a med pod only configured for men? That would make not no sense medically. You, if you're going to design something like this, it's going to be able to take care of men and women. Period. Mm -hmm. End of story. Um, so it was kind of like a, a device that they used. Like, oh no, oh shit, it's not calibrated for women. But it, I mean, it didn't matter anyways because she, she, it was successful. Um, yeah. Let me replace in good shape. Jeez. He is in good shape. Although yeah. we engage rubber body at some point. You guys have seen. Have you guys seen the making of the three and a half hour uh, documentary? The one, one that Charles did? Uh, yes, the one that Charles did. I have not. Uh, you guys have to see it. So. It's three hours and 40 minutes. Um, it's all behind the scenes. It's really interesting, too, because. Uh, the designers, a lot of people talk really openly about it, and they say, hey, you know, we wish we would have went with other designs. Um, people are yeah. very, very honest about the direction that Ridley Scott went. And, and yeah. some people talk about kind of the lack of connection and the, um, the, uh, the disconnect some people experience with the film. Um, yeah. So it's very, very brutal, not brutal, but very honest documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, Charles who's done a lot of behind-the-scenes documentaries for Ridley Scott, isn't working on Covenant. And I, I don't know if that has to do with the fact that Covenant shot in Australia. So the 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 uh, contracts that they negotiated were for Australian people to do these things. That would make more sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Best scene in the whole film right here. Ugh. So brutal. Now, I don't think that this is more brutal than um, Kane's birth. Right. Uh, just, I think yeah. it's oh, just same it's, same amount of disgust. But. Uh, yeah, in some ways, um, it is. I mean, it, it's certainly a gross scene. And, and one thing I want to uh, make a note of is uh, recently, and also for Prometheus, Ridley Scott said, "Oh, I'm gonna scare the shit out of you, and I'm gonna plan a scene in this film that's gonna be worse than 
you know what happened to Kane. Right. That's not what I'm. That's not why I go to see these films. Uh, you know, exactly. certainly yeah. uh, makes the film interesting and it's cool. But that's not what these films are about. They're not about aliens. They're not about. This is a part of the whole story, and we expect to see to be grossed out or scared. But that's not the impetus as to why. So it, it's a little alarming to me, is all. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's skip ahead. Should we, should we skip ahead to when they go back into the, uh, uh, the, the pyramid for the last time? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that's a good scene to go to. Oh, what a beautiful then, uh, then we can go to the end if you guys Wait. want. We still don't sure. know how. How do I got infected? If it's in the air. It's not. How do you know that? Apparently there was a scene where it was... Uh, Shall we? Please. It's a lot like, I guess, Jamie, as you were saying there at the beginning, that the makeup on Guy Pierce did not look right at all. It looked odd. Um... A lot of people were like, "Why didn't they just get an old, uh, older age actor to play this part?" Uh, apparently, there was a deleted scene with uh, when um, David goes to meet uh, Waylon in his dreams as a young Guy Pierce uh, without the makeup, and that's why they kind of kept Guy Pierce and just put old age makeup on him to. Uh, and that's why they kept him, just kind of keep a continuity, I guess. But yeah. uh, And then obviously you have the TED Talk viral video, um, you know, where it's, you know, the younger guy, Pierce, without the makeup. So it's, um, but yeah, I just, I thought it was kind of odd, too, uh, when I was first seeing the movie. I um, kind of wonder if some adding back in some deleted or extended scenes would have helped flesh out at least some of the, some of the issues. Yeah. But, um, I can imagine too, when you're making a film like this, first of all, making a film is very difficult. Uh, uh, it's, it's a long and involved process that involves hundreds of people, hundreds of people, especially in a film this size and locations and sets being built locations, getting people to those locations, all sorts of things. Um, Mm -hmm. so you have to get all of that right. And then you got to make sure you're making a good movie as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's a hard, hard, hard thing to do. And when you're in it, I think you have a, myop- a myopic sense of what you're doing. Right. You're focused on what you're doing day to day. So mm-hmm. I think you see when they saw his, his makeup for the old um, Waylon, they probably didn't realize, oh, this doesn't look right. Be- right. They, they, didn't have, they couldn't step back and look and say, oh, this doesn't. It's actually makeup. It's well done. It just doesn't seem age appropriate. You know, it just mm-hmm. seems a little too decrepit um but really yeah. scheme of things it's the least pro- it's the least amount of problems this film has to be yeah. honest i can do i can live with it right yeah so this now is one of my favorite parts of the movie here me too this is yeah. uh it's almost it's the blade runner scene essentially mm-hmm. it's we need more life uh, how do we get life. Life? Um, yes and this is a very profound scene and i love the engineer i love him like mm-hmm. i just his stoicness and his grandness and there's almost a gentleness about him as well and a kindness mm-hmm. even though they're they don't seem to be that way um yeah uh, he looks around he sees these I, I wonder if he instantly realizes this was created this was part of their 
And unless he's a different faction of engineer, he sees that this is a created being that they, this is, um, that's come back to see them. And maybe he's a bit scared and awe, um, you know, um, surprised by it. He sees David starts talking to him in his own language. He starts caressing his head. He's just amazed. Um, maybe in a bit moved, but then all of a sudden he becomes enraged. Yeah, and I yeah. kind of wonder. Uh, I re- I just posted recently on the way on Tony Bulletin of still of this scene. Like, what what did he get so upset about? Yeah, you know, why was he so? See, so looks at David. He's just almost like, wow, David's beautiful. But then now here, yeah, picks him up, twists his head, breaks it off, kills Waylon with it. Um, just loses it. He's now he's now he's enraged, and I saw it was really interesting. It was kind of a, a very tense scene. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It, it 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 mesmerized me. It had my all my full attention. I thought it was a really 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 great scene. Um, and mm-hmm. what you were describing, um, Ryan, just about his look, um, mm-hmm. the engineer's look. He's almost looking at like. Oh, I, he knew he knows humans, and he's mm-hmm. looking at their creations like this is never what you were supposed to do. You were never yeah. supposed to do this yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And almost like, where did we go wrong? Right. Uh, and then almost like he was like, we have to stop this. We have to stop them. We're in their tracks to the humans. Mm-hmm. Like they created these robots. They shouldn't have done it. I got to go back and destroy that planet. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I did. I love that scene. I could watch that scene over and over. Now, there is a, a, a deleted scene where the engineer speaks. Have you guys seen that? I yes. have heard of it. I haven't watched it. I believe it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really great. I love, their, I love the language that they developed for it. Um, and, okay, and so now uh, we have fast-forwarded to the engineer. Actually, that one scene where he gets into the chair, I love it. I do. I love the grand. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he might not be um, physically big enough but it's just a great they really recreated it wonderfully and now the ships are exploding in the sky because uh shaw convinced um idris elba's character to destroy the ship because it's on its way to earth um well he and, knew it was a weapon yeah somehow he knew it was a yeah weapon. it was a military operation again one of the more controversial things where idris elba's character comes in and talking to shaw he's like this is a this is a military operation. All of these ideas he just came up with, um, which we yeah. don't really know what that operation was. We don't know why those ships were there. Time um, to run in a straight line. We don't <laughs> need to know why those ships were there, to be honest with you. We don't. Yeah, um, y- Yannick was a little too on point. I remember even when I was seeing it first time in the theaters, like, wow, he really nailed that, like, <laughs> like right off the bat, like... You know, oh, this must this is a military. Uh, it's like a bioweapon, or yeah, it's like wow. He just, um, it just seemed a little too on point to me that he yeah. figured it out that quick. And it's um, answering again. It, it points back to let's give these audiences let's give this audience an answer. Um, yeah, they need one. We didn't need mm-hmm. an answer. We didn't need to know. Right. Um, stop, right. And I think that's the problem. And I've said this before on many podcasts and and pieces that I've written. Hollywood needs to stop treating its audience like they're stupid. Yeah. Uh, give us, trust us. In the 80s, when these films were coming out and they were one of a kind, uh, mm-hmm. 
like Blade Runner, these films came out and they asked questions and they didn't and they knew that we were smart enough and we were intelligent enough as an audience to not need every clue, to not need every question answered. Um, yeah. It needed to be satisfying in some way, um, but satisfying it enough that we, hey, we have enough. Um, but it's just Prometheus, just kind of case in point in some instances in the film where mm -hmm. you're telling us too much. We don't need to know this. A lot yeah. of extraneous information. Uh, what we're seeing here is Shaw going back, and she just grabbed an axe. She's in the crashed uh, pod that Vickers had. Life, reporters. life or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And there's one of Shaw's dreams where she's playing the violin. And she's just like, what the There fuck? was a really cool deleted scene here where the, um, it's actually, I guess, an extended part of the scene where the engineer... It's coming in looking for. He kind of stops. He starts reading a book. He starts. Really? Kind of, he, there's, yeah, it's really interesting. I liked it. I wish they kind of kept it in there because he's kind of, he's fascinated. He's still fascinated by these, these beings that his race created, that they were able to advance this far to, you know, to have a written language, to be able to speak to his own language. Um, it was just, uh, I, yeah, yeah. There you go. We're looking at it right now. Just amazing, um, and uh, just thought it added a little bit more, added more to the film. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's the sense of mystery, like if yeah. he, like there's a sensitivity to him. Um, he's not mm -hmm. just this, you know. Yeah, yeah. You need to get out. Yeah, immediately. I like how they modulated David's voice to make it like Bishop when he was malfunctioning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. isn't dismemberment of some sort in every alien film? Mm -hmm. uh, at one point or another. Except for Resurrection, she's not dismembered Paul, but she's... Not that I even count that as a film, it's an expanded universe film. But she's shot. Um, and and, and uh, Ripley has to do a little repair. Um, yeah. Essentially, every alien film has a dismemberment of a, an android. We'll see if Covenant keeps up that... That's uh, that tradition, right? Yeah, I get the feeling that one of the crew members of the Covenant is going to be an android, not necessarily just David. If he's in it. Mm -hmm. So here's a giant face hugger, basically. Yeah, um, the trilobite, I think it's called. Yep. Yeah. Um. So this is really interesting. Um, this is probably one of the more intense scenes in a movie. Right yeah. Here, you know, uh, I remember you, did, uh, Jamie, commenting on just the part where he breaks, kind of busts through the door, um, and the way it was kind of filmed and everything is just very intense. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, yeah, now the trial bites just. It looks like the facehugger right there too, doesn't right. it? Right. Mm -hmm. It's got the same yeah. kind of scaly, flaky skin. Mm -hmm. uh, just shot its load all inside. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Busting it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Spontaneous oh, yeah. orgasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, now here's Shaw. Um, I believe she's talking to God here, or she's. I can't remember exactly what she says, but I think she's. She just. I uh, think she's talking, talking out loud, like. Oh, okay. About Charlie, saying, "Charlie, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." Oh yeah, yeah. And okay. Then, uh, I almost said Bishop, but uh, David chimes in saying, "Hey, you can come back or whatever." 
um, yeah. ship. Um, so she goes back into the ship and so maybe the funny thing is in this scene. So I guess in even in the this room you where the the, the jockey chair is, there's breathable air. Um, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. so she takes masks back off. I, I just, I, I didn't. I was thinking maybe that the, the engineers didn't didn't breathe oxygen. Maybe they did. I guess because they're more human like. Um, yeah. But it's interesting too. Shaw. She decides. Oh, I'm going to trust David. I'm going to put his head back in the box, and we're going to go for mm -hmm. it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think she trusted him a little bit too easily when, in fact, David was responsible for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There's an interesting pause there when David is asked. Shaw says, I don't want to go back to where we came from. I want to go where they came from. Yeah. And David pauses for a second. Or she says, can you take me there? And there's a, like a thought, like, um, do I want to? Or what can this? Because I think he's still focused on his motive. Um, he's still focused on it's not complete yet. It's not complete. And he's thinking... Change their for a second, is this? Yes. Can I still accomplish what I want to accomplish if I take Shaw to where the engineers came from? Yeah. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just think it's gonna. It's, it'll be interesting carryover to Covenant if oh, I agree. That. Yeah. I also think that um, I, I I'm of the opinion that when we meet Shaw again in Covenant. She's going to be not what we remember. She's right. Not going to be, so not she's going to be some type of disfigured, maybe barely human, but elongated head, some kind of fucked up thing. And I, I hope that's true. And that's yeah, going to be yeah. exciting to see, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Final report. And I think this is the end. The and she's. Says a little recording, kind of like on rem, rem, yeah, exactly, yeah, reminiscent of Ripley. Um, and I'm leaving behind. This is Shaw, last survivor of Prometheus, and I'm still searching. I think that's what she said. Yeah, which I didn't like. I didn't like that throwback to Ripley. I, I just, uh, okay. I, I don't feel like we needed to hear that. All we needed to hear her say is, "Let's go where they went," and that's it. And they take off. Yeah. Um, we didn't need to hear it, like, wrapped up in a bow. Um, even right. though, yes, there are questions, but to be honest with you, there's a lot of people that say, oh, there's so many questions left unanswered about Prometheus. And I'm like, what? what are the <laughs> I don't have any. Um, Here's the worst every... scene in the film. <laughs> Not so much the worst scene. What I think is, uh, uh, like, physically, there's no way that, that that deacon could have fit in that body. It's too big, mm. first of all. It's like the um, dog I just don't, yeah, I don't like the design of it. I just feel like the design of the Deacon is just horrible. It's this little blue leotard plaid, whatever. Um, yeah. And it's just not scary. It just looks like a little kid in a, in a suit. Um, Trick or treat. I, <laughs> yeah. well, I, like I do like the extension of its inner jaw. I like the variation on that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. It looks like but, a dolphin. Uh, but this is going to lead into our segue, which is going to kind of end this episode once we'll see it and we'll talk about it. Here we I go. liked how, uh, Jamie, when you saw it in the theater, yeah. some guy behind you in front of you was like, oh, is this, a, is this an alien movie? Is this <laughs> yeah. really? <laughs> like, yeah. Once you yeah. see that, it's kind of another uh, little throwback to, I guess, what we'll see in 
uh, or, um, they'll probably expand more on it in Covenant, but uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so that leads us into the discussion of uh, the latest news surrounding Covenant in terms of the creature. And uh, it's the title supposedly Michael Fassbender let this slip in a um, in an interview calling the Xenomorph the Neomorph. That's kind of the new the new title for it, uh, or the new variation on the creature. And they de described a little bit how people are infected. And I don't want to get too much into that portion, how people get infected with this thing or they become in contact with this thing. Um, but um, they describe the creature uh, as more of the, the Ultramorph design mm -hmm. that Carl, Carlos Fuente uh, designed for Prometheus. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of some spikes or whatever that come in people uh, that kind of uh, preface the the xenomorph or the neomorph kind of birth. Mm -hmm. um i found the description absolutely scary absolutely yeah. terrifying i really did i don't know about you guys yeah i'm uh, it gets me a lot more excited for the next film what did you think yeah about? oh sorry yeah i didn't um like i said i saw uh, chris picard a sci-fi.com posted about it i i got into it first few lines and i thought oh Maybe I should stop reading. This might be a little bit too spoilerific for me, but uh, so I didn't really go into the deep. Didn't like look too much of the design, but um, so I, I kind of would be more surprised. But you know, just from little bits I saw or little bits I read, um, thought I, I really feel like they're going the right direction with this movie, and that this is going to be the one that brings the uh, aliens back. Um, and puts it on the right track, and they—I think they have the the idea for the plots. I think they're going to bring back the compelling multi-dimensional characters. The creatures are going to be scary again. Um, it's just going to be visually amazing. The story is going to be great. I, I just—I'm fully optimistic about this movie, and I think it's going to be—I think Covenant is going to be um, fantastic. I really do. So I, do too. I yeah, too. absolutely I'm agree. Still holding out for the Ultramorph, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think I think we're gonna see. Yeah, I, I think we'll see whatever this Neomorph. Maybe it's the same as Ultramorph. Maybe a little different. I mean, we're obviously gonna get the Xeno, um, but like it's like you guys have said. Um, like I've said as well. You know, it's I, I'm not too concerned as much about the creatures. I just want a great story. I want great characters. Yes. Um I want on the head. Yeah. It's uh and I really feel like, you know, I I I really want to believe Scott knows this. And I know and he brought on some great writers for this movie. Um and uh yeah I just uh, I think they, they're heading the right like I said, heading the right direction. This is gonna be what the fans you know want not not necessarily fan service but just this is going to be a movie that uh, we've wanted for you know how, how many how long's it been it's been a, lot, been since, a long time really yeah. since aliens uh, i think i mean yeah. i could say alien 3 but that film was really not received very well so this might be the film that we've wanted since aliens aliens wow. uh, in 86 yeah. so you're talking 30 years the film yeah. we wanted to see for 30, in some ways. I mean, it doesn't involve Ripley, which I'll kind of 
Um, I know we're trying to wrap up this episode. We got stuff to do. Um, but really, uh, as I look forward to Alien Covenant, um, what I look forward to the most is a sense of exploration. I'm at peace. I, I don't know if Neil Blomkamp's um, film is going to happen. It might. I think it'd be crazy if they don't. But I'm at a place now where I've, especially in my life where, you know, I'm older now. I've kind of, Ripley was there for me in the way that she needed to be. So I can, I'm ready to go further now in this universe and explore. Mm -hmm. I don't need Ripley in a film, in an alien film again. I need strong characters. I need a strong story. Um, and I need, I need to be able to trust these characters and not be smarter than them. Have them be just as smart as I am and relate. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to in Covenant. I want smart yeah. characters. And I want them to take me on a journey that I haven't been to before, but something yet familiar. And that's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. Right? Making an alien film is difficult. How do you make something original and scary? Uh, especially, we see pictures of Zeno every day on the, on the way on U-20. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Um, so how do you make that scary again? That's tough. I'm telling oh, yes. you, we're going to do a big, we're going to do a great, and I know <laughs> it, you know it, everybody knows it. <laughs> and anybody Bigly. who thinks elsewise is wrong. We're gonna do a big Lee. We're gonna we're gonna make the best. We're gonna make the best Zeno. Uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be the greatest. It's gonna be the best. ADI. They, they they bring their worst. Yeah. They bring their amateurs. No, don't leave I'm, I'm Please don't just unlike our page for that, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we couldn't help it. We make help Alien it. great He's, again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but it's yeah. So I'm excited, and yeah, I'm not. Uh, I've gotten to a place now where I'm okay, and maybe this is Fox intent. You know, Fox's intention to get us to a place where we're not thinking about Balloon Camp's movie right now. Uh, yeah. We're focused on Covenant. We want they want us to get excited about Covenant. Um, they've they've been pretty quiet about it for a while, but I think they're kind of building up anticipation, giving us little bits of hit, little stuff here and there. But uh, you know, that's I think what they're wanting is just hey, um, Bloom Camp's movie is on hold. Uh, we're we're focused on Coven. We want you guys to be, and we want fans to get excited about this movie. This is what we're fully invested in right now. And yeah. it's gotten me to the point where I'm I'm now fully invested in it, and that's what um, I hope others are too. And I I, I want to be uh, I guess I'm not even carefully optimistic. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just um, fully optimistic. This is yeah. gonna be a fantastic movie. So gotcha. yeah, um, but I really enjoyed going through Prometheus again with you guys and exploring it a little bit. And I I do like it. I like Prometheus. I enjoy it. So. Um, and I don't, I don't mind watching it, you know, over again. And there's a lot, a lot of parts I don't mind looking at again. And yeah, so despite some flaws, I, I think it's, um, I think it's gonna be a good, it's a good lead into, uh, to what Covenant's gonna bring us. Yeah, for sure. So. I certainly more watchable for me when the sound's down. I, I could really <laughs> watch it and enjoy it more without the sound. Honestly, honestly. But yeah. I have to hear them talk. I'm good. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, but like I said, and I've always maintained this, I think that there's a masterpiece of a film in Prometheus. I think there are, obviously, there are some glaring flaws, and the mm -hmm. flaws uh, help. The flaws um, don't enable me to enjoy the film. It, it, it frustrates me more and more and more and more. The last time I watched the film with the sound on, I was like, oh, I was angry by the time it was over. <laughs> yeah. um, but, it, but it doesn't mean that I don't love 
many aspects of it. And to be honest with you, someone who I really respect, um, someone who I call my friend, is uh, Bill Robbie from the founder <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the Will Newtony Bulletin. I mean, him and I, he doesn't like anything about the movie. Um, okay. Not one thing, um, except for maybe the lighting, I think he said once. Um, and, you know, I differ on that because I do, there are some things in Prometheus that I really do love. Um, yeah. But I think with Covenant, I really hope, my hope is that all my friends, all my alien community friends fall in love with Covenant and we can have a movie we can love together and discuss. I'm sure there'll be flaws in it. I'm sure there'll be things that we don't like about it. But hopefully, as a whole, it'll be like, oh my God, that was amazing. You yeah, know? yeah. I yeah, agree. I, I think we're in for a treat. Yep. Well, uh, I would say that that's a wrap. Thank you, Ryan, so much. You're awesome. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I hope we yeah, get to do it again. So, yeah. And Peter as well. You know, it's been me and the Peter show, which has been great as well. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to get this up and hopefully, I don't know when we're going to drop it. We, we want to kind of do it as a surprise. Um, I think so, a couple uh, weeks would be a nice time frame, like uh, yeah. mid-November. Yeah. yeah, just so people think, oh my God, it's been so quiet, and then boom, we'll drop it. Yeah, the uh, there you go. We're like Fox, you know, the anticipation, the buildup. Yeah. We haven't heard anything from Perfect Organism for a while. What's going post, on? Yeah, post-election. Post-election. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, oh yeah, the next, there you go. The next week or so <laughs> until the election is going to be crazy, and I'm trying to stay away from it. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, awesome. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Listen, everybody. Final report of the vessel Prometheus. The ship and her entire crew are gone. If you're receiving this transmission, make no attempt to come to its point of origin. There's only death here now and I'm leaving it behind.